podcasters say this podcast is a hundred years old with a thousand mysteries. Or maybe it's a thousand years old with a hundred mysteries. That's just part of the story. We'll find out. Welcome back to Off the Top Podcast. I really enjoyed that intro. It really sucked me in. And now I, even though I know what's going on, I want to know more. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what's up, everybody? The NBA Finals just ended. Uh, 4-0 sweep. Warriors beat Cleveland. LeBron put on a show. KD is really good. And so is Curry. And today we're just kind of dive into some of the conversations that arose during the uh, NBA Finals of who the greatest basketball player of all time is, also known as the GOAT. Yeah, and I feel like this has been kind of somewhat debated in general a lot more now that kind of your players that you consider GOATs, I mean, I would go out there to say there was probably three at the very top, talking about Jordan, Bryant, and then obviously James, who's still in the league, ending his 15th going into his 16th season. Um, and I feel like those three are talked about a lot, and especially now that LeBron's kind of, he tore it up. He, I mean, like 50 in game one, what the hell is that? Yeah, and my first question for you is going to be, why do you think it's the human nature to always want to have the greatest of something or like always debate an opinion or like always have to try to have a definitive answer for yourself and argue it with other human beings? I think that it's just kind of the way that we display ideas, especially passionate ideas. And I think that also when it comes to something where, you know, you can be so fanatical about a team or a person that you kind of follow their steps, you you know what they're doing, you know what they ate for breakfast. It just kind of amplifies that, you know, nature. And why, why I just don't understand the connection people make with these, you know, people whether it's basketball players or celebrities or comedians or whatever you want to call the greatest of all time where there's some people you'll someone will be like well my greatest of all time is um prince the singer and then you're like well my greatest of all time is tupac and they're appalled and like super upset and angry and like really connected to someone they've never met or maybe even seen like i don't understand where that comes from yeah, especially if you get offended by somebody else's personal, you know, personal idea, especially if it's not harming you at all. That's kind of the funny part about it. And I think that's also why people are like, you know, you say like, oh, I think, you know, like I think Jerry Stackhouse was the best shooter in NBA history. And people are like, no, no. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like on. their house is on fire. So I don't yeah. know what it is, but. Um, I just wanted to make the record straight. I don't think Jerry Stackhouse <laughs> is the best NBA shooter, by the way. I hope someone listening to that just went, what? No <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as we kind of talk about basketball, everyone's heard of Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant or LeBron James. And there's a ton of other people that I think could be considered in that um, category that, you know, necessarily haven't been in the, the I guess, categories people consider for the GOAT. What do you think the main consideration for the greatest of all time is? What do you think people consider? I think people consider accolades and you know, not specifically just awards, but those play a part in it. So you always hear the, you know, the ring talk about, you know, how many rings Jordan has compared to Kobe, compared to LeBron. And granted, LeBron's not done with his career yet, but you hear that a lot. But I also think that to be a GOAT, I think you also have to have some sort of awe about you, like truly, like the way that people are just like, 
how, you know, how do these people do that? They're mm-hmm. human beings. They're built like me, but they're obviously not if they can do something like that. I think that's equally as important as El Ward's accolades and what they do. Yeah, I agree. I think the thing about me for the ring talk is it's extremely biased. I don't know why, but it's like, you know, Jordan has six rings. Well, Kobe has five. Um, LeBron has three. And they're like, well, that defines it. And then it's like, you put in other names like they're like, what about Robert Ory or like uh, Derek Bill, Fisher? Yeah, Bill Russell and all these other people. Like, are they above these guys or like, what does that make? Because Bill Russell has 11 rings and everyone's rebuttal is, well, he was playing against garbage men back in the day and like basketball was the name. I was like, Bro, if you if anything in your life could win the championship eleven times in a row, that's pretty significant, regardless of who you're kind of really playing. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that really debunks the whole you know people that only talk about rings, and it's like it's obviously not about rings. It's about the competition you play against, how good you are against that competition, what your team looks like, and you know how'd you go about doing it? Did you just dominate, or was it just an absolute dogfight every single series or every single game? You know. And I feel like all of those come to play. And that's where people lose color on the whole debate. They don't really want to get into the weeds that much. Yeah. And like the other player that I always think about that's never in the conversation. And when they talk about rings or just at pure dominance was Shaq. Like Shaq was a bad dude, regardless of what you thought of him or what. He, he did his thing. Yeah, no, certainly. And I think the thing that holds Shaq back a lot of the times is that he never was really serious, so nobody really <laughs> took him seriously. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And granted, another thing that I feel like you need to have, like true characteristics of being great, especially in basketball, is you got to be able to shoot free throws at a very good clip. Granted, LeBron, I think he's around mid-70s, maybe-ish, lower-ish 70s, but at the same time, that's a far, that's absolutely different from what Shaq was putting up as far as you know yeah he should have made a construction company by the way he was shooting those shots <laughs> yeah but you have to think Shaq was so bad at free throws but so good in the low post that it kind of almost balanced out a certain time like you get you know 26 points and 18 rebounds like 10 of those being offensive boards or something like that's I think it makes it tough to say like you know, that's, I think, the hard thing about comparing all these players is people put definitive categories on, you know, like scoring or do you make your teammates better or like how you are as a person. And like, I guess it's just public. Like, I think the GOAT conversation didn't happen until Kobe showed up. Like, I don't know why that, like, I don't think people before was like, you know, Jordan versus magic johnson or like jordan versus bird like you don't really hear those names in that conversation even those are phenomenal players right like what larry bird did and magic johnson did were unbelievable Mm -hmm. yeah and i think you're probably right just because of how similar you know the players were as far as position and ability to score uh before then i feel like you had some pretty good comparisons as far as you know like you said like bird magic maybe even jordan putting them together but at the same time they all play kind of different positions and kind of have a different way about the game when I feel like especially young Kobe when he was flying around and dunking on people like nobody's business and Jordan there's a lot more similarity that people can hold on to to kind of make that comparison and granted now LeBron who's not really the same position as them but I think that he just brings so much to the table and his game is so, you know, all about as far as, you know, he obviously is an amazing passer, 
just a freak when he wants to score and like take it to the hoop defensively he's strong too mm. that you know he gets thrown in there especially since you know he's just lebron yeah and i think the thing too is um if you take any of these three players mainly i guess we'll be talking about the main conversation of kobe Jor- michael jordan and lebron i think if you take any of these players when they won a championship any of their rings so you know lebron's three jordan six kobe's five whatever it may be and you inter swap those players i think they still win so you think that if you you switch let's say kobe's third ring with jordan's third ring like you put kobe on the bulls and you put jordan on the lakers that they would still win those yeah Wow. Yeah. I just think I think there's a lot more that goes into it. Like the supporting cast in some of those rings is huge. Um, and I think the instincts are just pretty similar, right? You might be in a little bit different situation, but I still think they win. Yeah, and I think that that kind of paints the picture of how similar Kobe and Jordan were as far as, you know, what they kind of did on the court. Granted, they were different in the way they, you know, attacked the game and their characteristics, like, you know, like there's so much difference but when it comes to LeBron I don't think that you can personally or like you know specifically say that just because he's more of a you know he brings more to the he brings different things to the table than a Kobe or Jordan does yeah I still think you still think that that would be the case yeah I still think the way LeBron facilitates the ball like maybe LeBron wouldn't have put up the he probably still would have put up the numbers or whatever but I think he's his team would have evolved or been incorporated a little bit more yeah no that's fair and but the specific thing i'm thinking about is the scenario of the heat so i think lebron could go to another team and win a championship but i'm not certain and i'm a kobe front fan and just so the spoiler alert but i'm a bryant fan and so i don't think you could pull kobe from i mean granted depends on what kobe you pull but any specific Kobe and put him on the heat and win the way that they won. So you're saying you don't think Kobe would win on the heat? Or you don't uh, think LeBron would win on the Lakers? I think LeBron could win on the Lakers depending on the team. Granted, I think that it would be off balance if it was the uh, Powell-Lamar-Odom team mm-hmm. just because that takes Lamar out of the game because that's kind of LeBron's spot. Yeah, but you got to think LeBron could play a different position, right? Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. Yeah, and just run big. Yeah, yeah good point. And I, I guess it's one of those things, too, you have to incorporate. There's, like, there's just so many things that change over time, which makes it really hard. Like, yeah, Jordan played against uh, Patrick Ewing or, like, uh, the Detroit Bad Boys or, you know, Dennis Rodman was on his team, this, this, and that. But the game is evolving so fast to, like, the abilities of what players have now. Like, a 6'8 player or 6'9 player bringing up the ball in, you know, 94 is a lot different and obscure than a, you know, 7-footer bringing up the ball like KD in 2018. Yeah, definitely. And one thing that I was going to mention is that I do believe that the success, and this is going to sound a little crazy to those who are probably uh, staunch Jordan fans, I think that LeBron and Kobe Bryant would, if you had them all in the same era in Jordan's era, it would be a totally different conversation just because of the things, like you said, you know, the things that, you know, Kobe Bryant and LeBron James play against as far as, you know, Giannis and Kevin Durant and just 
freaks with a very high skill that you don't normally see or like you've been seeing more and more Mm -hmm. in this new generation of NBA players you didn't see back then. And I would even say LeBron is one of those guys just being built, you know, a crazy strength but still has the skill set of being a point guard, too. Yeah. And I think the thing, too, is like people, I mean, in that thing, you'd be like, well, Magic Johnson was 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, There's a whole different style, right? Like, Magic Johnson, yeah, he was athletic, but what LeBron does on a night-to-night basis, like, I mean, he just played 104 straight games. I mean, the technology's different. Like, you can take better care of your body, but it's just a whole different speed, like, intensity. It's all, There's a lot of different factors that go into... Um, you know, what makes the game the game. Yeah, definitely. And not to digress at all, but I'm really curious, why do you think that there was this sort of trend going on? And, you know, if this was what the game should be, if if the ultimate style or like, you know, if you were the most successful or efficient player ever, you'd be 6'9 with, you know, guard skills. If that was always the case, why didn't we see that back then? So that's what I'm thinking. What changed in the game? I don't think it was. I don't think it was really seen until I think LeBron is who what changed the game, right? LeBron was drafted 15 years ago. So you look at some of these kids that 15 years ago, Giannis is 22. So Giannis was seven or six or something like that, somewhere in those lines, six or seven. Um, and then you see this guy coming to the league, 18 years old, six eight, six nine, playing every single position along with the factors of the NBA is paying a lot more money now. Like everyone in the country and around the world watches the NBA and all these things change and you have all these kids that were like, you know, six eight or six nine in their local community basketball that were like, Oh, you're six eight or six nine, you're bigger than everyone in the city. You're gonna play post. And then you they could come with the counter argument like, look at LeBron, he brings up the ball, plays off the ball, can post up and you bring in all these cleats. So you get this huge influence of bigger people that it's the game's moving so much faster you have to be able to do everything yeah yeah i think that's a good point and maybe even it sounds like don't let me put words in your mouth but maybe lebron was one of the most influential maybe top five most influential players to the game itself yeah i think for sure i think i think jordan was is on that list too like what jordan did kind of in that iso killer um, worth that ethic pattern. I think that's what inspired Kobe. Like Kobe probably naturally had it, but a lot of Kobe's game was obviously like compared with Jordan's because a lot of the stuff Kobe picked up is little changes on Jordan's moves, right? Um, I think that's kind of where that inspiration came from. And then Kobe inspired a lot of six six guards. So you have like your T Max um, uh, and other players of that era. And then you get these guys that are coming at six nine, six ten. And then you start seeing these LeBrons or KDs, um, Dirk, like all these different kind of all-around guys. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so too. And um, I also would say that Jordan also influenced the game and the fact of, you know, outside of the actual play of basketball with, you know, his decisions as far as businesses go and sneakers and stuff. I mean, we could have a whole podcast or more about that stuff. But yeah, I do believe that he's in that conversation as well. Not just because of, you know, what he could do on the court, but he did influence a lot of other players and a lot of players that don't make it to the NBA. I mean, you hear a common saying, it's pretty banal and trite, but you know, whenever you're shooting something in a hoop, 
like my generation, it was Kobe, but back before Kobe was like the man, it was Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what Kobe is changed for the game is like, I think Kobe's work ethic was the best out of the three by far. The amount of detail, no pun intended based on his new show, but the amount of detail and time and, you know, the treachery and like what he put his teammates through, like was unbelievable. And I don't think Jordan, yeah, people are like, well, Jordan worked harder, blah, blah, blah. But like, no, nah, I don't think it's the case. I, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I truly believe so too. And it's almost Machiavellian the way that Kobe went about it. Like, you know, he definitely didn't have any you know, reservations or, you know, worried about if people liked him or not. It was about, all right, I'm going to get the job done. And even if I psychologically have to make this guy upset or, you know, pull X or Y strings to get something to happen, it's going to happen. And he kind of, I think, incorporates so many parts of life into the game as far as, you know, he used to study, you know, the, the person that would lead an orchestra to kind of see how they composed you know, and influence that in composing an actual basketball game or running offense and running a team and stuff like that. So I think, yeah, that's true. Like, you know, there's very little, very, very little amount of human beings ever born that had that type of work ethic and that type of mental um, focus, Mm -hmm. I think, is him. That's what I think Kobe's downfall was to a point. Like, he, you could see it like his his team chemistry sometimes was tough because he'd hold people to such high expectations. Like you look at the situation with Dwight Howard, right? And Dwight Howard obviously didn't have the work ethic or the you know focus to do that. And then you have this kind of crumbling team where it, it's got to be hard as a dude who pays attention to every detail and knows you know four moves ahead of like. When you you should have screened me when I was coming down the wing before Powell's screen, and you would have had like a you know six foot hook or something like that, and it just kind of gets frustrating. And like Kobe obviously lets you know about it, and I think that's Kobe's biggest downfall. Gotcha. That he almost was unapproachable because of the way that he, you know, the way that he thought about the game in such a very like you know. I'm thinking eight, you know, four steps ahead or four passes ahead than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And then be critical about somebody who can't think that way or yeah. doesn't. Yeah, I could see that kind of uh, demoralizing people as well. But I think that's what, you know, if he was more, and I think LeBron is more of the other way. Like he's very, a lot more like gentler with how he like pushes and nudges yeah. people and the way that he treats others as well, you mm-hmm. know that maybe that that's kind of the staunch difference as far as you know lebron i think is also very intelligent yeah i mean granted i'm not sure if you can compare kobe and the way that he dissected the game to somebody else just Mm -hmm. because it's personality and characteristics that differentiate human beings but Mm -hmm. i think that he also understands the game at a very very high level and then but decides to be a lot more approachable and affable Mm -hmm. with how he goes about getting people to do different things yeah i think that's well i guess i'll go to my biggest downfall for lebron is like what he brings to the table i think he really gets everyone involved um but i think that's also a downfall like we watched this last thing and no one was like the passes he makes are one phenomenal but half the cats on the team were never ready to shoot the ball or like knew what he was really doing because he's so flexible but i think what he also brings to the table in today's day and age is an insane amount of pressure on his on his teammates 
I think Rodney Hood came out and basically said, like, it was a huge culture shock because, like, if we won, that's what we're supposed to do. If we lose, it's like the end of the world and everyone's being compared to something or, you know, so-and-so should get traded. Like, you don't hear that on other teams when teams lose. It isn't like, well, you should trade Rodney Hood or you should trade Jordan Clarkson. Along with, I think, um, LeBron's, I think LeBron's tendency to rely on his teammates is tough because he doesn't have that last minute. I guess his last minute factor is growing, but in the beginning of his career, he was like still playing in the offense, like hoping to get a you know a shot from someone on the team that was good instead of him just taking the shot. Yeah, I think that I've really connected with your kind of downfall of LeBron and the fact that he's so well faceted that sometimes he you know uses other facets. Like I would really enjoy seeing, and I think it'd benefit him. And granted, I'm just a guy. And I'm not LeBron. I didn't play in the NBA. But I think that he would benefit a lot with, you know, taking it himself a lot of the times. Even though he is a good scorer and he finds people open a lot of the time, it almost is a detriment because, like you said, they're not ready to shoot. And if they, even if they are, like, there's a very few amount of people on that team, I feel like, that would get a better shot than LeBron could get himself. Yeah. And not trying to slight the Cavs at all, but you know, it seemed like at the end where LeBron was moving the ball at a good clip and like finding people and they weren't executing as well as I think that he could have if he wanted to take the ball. Obviously, if he scored 50, he can get his shot. Yeah. Um but as well as I think that you kind of illustrated something that I have um about on LeBron is that I think that he is the least amount of clutch out of all three. And I know that he's hit his big shots before. Like, you know, you can look up YouTube videos of it and it'd be five minutes, ten minutes long. But I do believe that he is not as clutch as a Kobe Bryant or a Michael Jordan. I think he has it. I think he doesn't use it. And I think I think for me, being a LeBron guy, his his thought process is whether whatever happens, it's going to be a negative for him. Like, if he hits the game winner, great. If he passes the ball to a teammate and Kyrie hits the game winner, great, right? They put down the same thing, that same conversation. But if he misses the shot, terrible, right? You you miss a shot that's probably pretty tough in the last four seconds of a tied game. It's never going to be easy. Or if you pass it to an open teammate and they miss the shot, it's all still comes back to LeBron, right? So I think that's what I think in my head that's what would make it tough. Like if you don't if you take the shot and there's a teammate wide open and you miss, oh LeBron should have passed it. LeBron passes it, teammate just clanks it off the side of the backboard or thinks they're winning the game. You know that's LeBron's fault. So it's like. A give or take, I think, to me. But I don't think he utilizes or takes the pressure very often. Yeah, and I do I do believe that that's the case, probably, that, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. And LeBron's, you know, mind frame and the fact that he could do something and it still wouldn't be good enough. Or just it would just be adequate. But at the same time, I think that's what differentiates like I don't think Kobe has ever thought you know when it's you know the clock's ticking down and he has the ball like shoot you know if I pass it to this guy and he doesn't make it I'm gonna look bad or if I shoot it myself and I miss it I'm gonna look bad I think that's the the differentiating factor and granted I do believe LeBron is clutch I just think that there's some sort of filter on his brain that says 
I'm going to go for it than other people. And granted, I don't know LeBron, and I'm going to probably say this every time I say something about him, (laughs) just because I really, you know, I could be talking out of my my ass. And, you know, he thinks something totally different that I've never thought of. But that's how I perceive it as somebody who's watching him in those situations. Yeah. And I think as we transition over to Jordan, and I think one of his greatest downfalls before I get there is like the when Kerr made that game one of that big time shot, right? Jordan gets a lot of praise for that. Like him running that play or getting the ball over there, helping a swing pass get there. And to me, I'm like, are you, why doesn't Kerr just get all of the love there? Like, I think that's the same situation that you see with Kobe or LeBron. Like they may make a great play and it might get attributed to someone else, but like say Kerr doesn't make that shot. Kerr doesn't get any blame, even though he is open. Right. So I think it's tough, but I think, Jordan's biggest downfall um, was I don't think he I wouldn't start a team around Jordan. I that might be a hot take, wow. but out of these three, I'd rather start with LeBron or Kobe. No, that's definitely fair. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, granted, I think that I kind of am leaning. You know, I'm very open to what you just said, just because you know I grew up on Kobe Bryant and LeBron James, so I never really grew up on Michael Jordan, but. I think I tend to agree with you in a way that maybe they bring more different things to the game than Jordan does. Granted, what Jordan brings to the game, he brings it. Yeah. But, you know, he doesn't bring the same things that LeBron brings or, you know, a Kobe brings yeah. in in a sense. At least Kobe was, like, informing his teammates, right? Like, they kind of knew. But I think for Jordan, like, yeah, Jordan was six for six in the finals, but... There's a lot of times when Jordan just didn't make it to the finals or got bounced by some other team and other player and other people would be like, well, the league was so much better than or this, this and that or whatever. And I just don't believe it. Like getting bounced is getting bounced. Like people let LeBron know when he got bounced by the magic or whatever it is, or Kobe got bounced by the Suns or however that worked. Um, I think it's just a very interesting conversation. I think when Jordan didn't have, you know, the supporting cast, the Bulls weren't doing it. Yeah, yeah, I agree too. And the fact that you need a solid team for Jordan to succeed. And we've obviously seen Kobe and LeBron do some stuff with, you know, players that <laughs> I wouldn't say are the best surrounding cast. Yeah. Um, and I think too, the other get into rings, Jordan being six for six in the finals and Kobe being, you know, Kobe lost to the Celtics, right? One, uh, yeah. once um and lebron being three of six and like people are like well lebron's lost I thought, I thought lebron went to the finals eight times i mean am i wrong i think he went with the Cavs, and then he's gone yeah it might be might be a three of five i think it's three of six but the fact that like people are like oh lebron's lost so many times in the final like the logo of the nba lost in the finals eight times Jerry West was in the finals eight times and lost. Yeah, I was going to say that's a very interesting comparison to compare LeBron James to Jerry West and the fact that they take this trend where they get to the finals a lot. And I think actually this random uh, statistic is Jerry West is the only player to lose in the finals and still get the finals MVP. Yeah, that's crazy. And I think it says something to be to the finals eight times in a row or nine times total or whatever the number is um i think that's incredible i don't i don't remember jordan i mean jordan went on his streaks and then retired so we don't know there um and kobe went on his streaks you know got three in a row um 
it's just tough to compare. I think in the those final situations, that's where Killer Instinct takes over a little bit more, and LeBron has lacked there a little bit. Like, um, but it's just gonna be really hard to tell. Yeah, and I mean, we're talking about a guy who hasn't finished his career, yeah. and you know, by all means, doesn't seem like he's slowing down much. And I think that's another thing that LeBron brings to the table is that this man is just built differently from all the other, the two other people that we're comparing him to. You know, he's much bigger and much stronger than both of them. And you can kind of see that through his perennial performances throughout his career. And the fact that, you know, if you look at year 15 Jordan or year 15 Kobe, they'd look a lot different than you'd see LeBron looking. And, you know, granted, it's not apples to apples technically, but, you know, you can kind of draw strings to like, oh, shoot, LeBron is acting a lot different. You know, Mm -hmm. he's a lot more spry. Yeah. All right. uh, Final takeaway. Just cold, cold answer. Greatest of all time. I'm going Kobe Bryant, man. I'm going LeBron. So you, there you guys have it. There's our cold answer. I think Jordan and I both are going to say, based on that answer, if I have to give you an explanation, we don't really care that much. We really like basketball. But if we're saying the best, Jordan's going Kobe. I'm going LeBron. And that's kind of where it's at. Yeah. And if you guys want to you know, get upset about it, then leave a comment and then subscribe. And then we can take this relationship to the next level. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening.